Good morning, listeners, or afternoon or evening. Uh, my name is Jason Bateman, and uh, my partner here is... I'm Chris Mundy. Welcome to Post Play Ozark, the podcast where executive producer Chris Mundy and I dig into all the things you wish you knew about the making of Ozark Season 3. Be warned, though, there will be spoilers. Today we are talking about episodes 8 through 10. So Ben has, uh, this is uh, uh, episode um, 8 now. We're sort of setting up this final act, right? These last three episodes. Uh, yeah, they and, really do feel of a piece. It's yeah. like more than anything we've done in almost any season. Like these three, like you kind of want to go through the three hours at once, you know? So it was there thinking that we're going to start the Wendy's character, Ben, with this, uh, uh, he's going to jump off into the deep end and, and uh, instigate this? Yeah, we wanted to turn We wanted to turn the darker side of it and, and see if things are kind of rolling downhill in a bad way. And you wanted to feel that and you wanted to feel the sort of like his anxiety creeping up and it needed to manifest itself in some kind of scary way that you know? he wanted to do the right thing but defending Ruth and then wasn't able to do that so he picks his fight with this guy in a bar yeah and it's partly because like everything else is like he's the sane person talking about the craziness but like people are acting like he's crazy but like everything he's saying is kind he's of coming kind off of the real, meds too right and he's so off it's... his meds so this thing of like but what he's saying isn't wrong about all these things and he has nowhere to put all that and so it coming out on some random jackass in in, in a bar seemed yeah. right. We wanted to play the jackass as deserving but undeserving. You wanted to feel it was kind of righteous and also just not okay even remotely, you know? Yeah, just uh, uh, too much by half. Right. Nice time, motherfucker! The fight uh, with with Ben in the bar uh, obviously gets him gets him thrown in jail, and then Marty and Wendy go to sort of bail him out, but take the opportunity to commit him to, to a, a psychiatric hospital. But then when they get to the sheriff's office, they're they're told that actually he's going to be put in a in a in a in a state psychiatric facility and that, that that that's going to not go over very well with Ben and and also with uh, with Wendy and we knew that was going to be a, a big emotional moment for Wendy and um, I forget whether we scheduled it on purpose this way or not but what ended up happening was Tom did his scene uh, that Tom the actor who plays Ben of reacting to that information I think he did it the day before the night before yeah because yeah. he was just like spent after that I mean yeah. I remembered like people were like well you need to ride home. Like we didn't want, to, <laughs> we didn't want to let him get in a car and drive home after doing that. But he was, he, he ended up being okay. But it's a lot of emotional energy. Yeah, and what it, what uh, by doing it the day before, it enabled us to to have the sound of that play back uh, over the speaker in the sheriff's office, so that Laura could react to exactly what Wendy is supposed to re be reacting to. And Alex Sackroff, the director, uh, made sure not to play that audio in rehearsal, so that she could react in r real time. Or maybe it was even Laura's request. I can't remember, but. Uh, I remember when we were shooting it, it came through the speaker and he's just howling like a, you know, like a wounded animal. Yeah. And, and uh, I remember watching that on the day, too, because it's like you're doing it. It was really smart of Alec just to play it in just one slow push. And Marty's there and it's like this helplessness of how do you help your spouse? It's like you kind of like hold Wendy, but you can't really hold Wendy. And it's just like this thing of like 
I remember can't asking, take on her pain. Like, I remember, so, yeah, I was, I was asking Alec, like, Marty and Wendy are still not really back together. And I was also asking Laura, just out of respect for her process, her acting like, you know, how do you feel about me, Jason, and also Marty hugging you here? Is that too right. distracting for what Wendy or what Laura is right. going through? Um and then we sort of we all just sort of mutually agreed upon kind of like this half-assed it's effort like that Marty so does. So like, awkward, but in this yeah. way that's like, and especially because you're just seeing it. It's you never cut, so it's like you're just seeing it. It's like it's like you're churning through like all the stuff you just said, yeah. like you right. get like which right. is I, I thought was really and then the, and then the wailing. I mean, so there's just so much going on. It's so good. Yeah. No! No! There's a shot when Ruth goes to visit Ben in the psychiatric facility and they're sitting on the couch and it is it's a very similar composition to when they're sitting on the on the the couch out uh, outside in front of the the trailers at the the Langmore compound and um it's a nice sort of uh, mirror image of them talking at a time when they had more freedom and things were better right. um, versus now and what are we going to do about it? And ultimately, you know, he says, you know, get me out of here. And, and she comes up with a plan. Yeah. And I, and, and I think the shots mirror each other. And I think on a on a story level, it mirrors some of what what Ruth's doing in that, that moment is mirroring some of what Wendy was doing, like what's self, what's good for him and what is selfish. Like he wants out, it might be safer for him to stay in, but she really wants him out and she wants to do right. And it's like, she's in there because he doesn't want Wendy. The two of them have become kind of this couple and you first saw him outside on the, on the couch outside the Langmore trailers, which we love. And so suddenly like all those pieces should kind of like match up in a way if you overlaid them with each other, you, mm-hmm. uh, you understand what everybody went through, you know? Yeah. Get me out of here. Can't stand it in this fucking place. You gotta get me out of here. Please. The episode uh, finishes with uh, with with Ben going to confront Helen, and her daughter is there. That probably wasn't part of his plan, but no. that doesn't stop him from saying everything he was planning on saying to Helen. And what ends up happening is that since since Aaron has heard it, like he's got to die now. Right. Um, it's a it's a it's a great cliffhanger uh, for the for the episode. Uh, you know what what are the stakes now? What, what's going to be the fallout? What are they going to be the consequences but you guys often put these great cliffhangers in episodes and seasons that don't just feel like arbitrary cliffhangers uh, but they are a natural sort of progression of what the story is and where we leave things right then right. just a, a great moment to did you guys think well we definitely want to end the episode at this point yeah for yeah. sure we knew like we knew exactly we because that was such a that was the point of no return right and so we knew like eight's the perfect time the end of eight because we map everything out, and we've got a, we've got a lot of boards, but we have got one that has each it is divided into ten, so you can always and like that's a small enough number you can always look at it and see the shape of the season, so you just knew that that was the point where that was going to happen, and Tom and Janet are so good in that scene because Tom, you really do feel like he's out of control, like it's not like none of it's deliberate, right? You know, and you feel that, and then 
he kind of keeps encroaching on her territory until she says enough and she's got her daughter behind her and there's just a moment where Janet gets really fierce. We filmed her saying at the end, you're dead. And we'd scripted it. We didn't think we would need it. But just like under under her breath, not to him. Mm-hmm. But it was, um, and yeah, sure enough, great... there was just like, it would have killed it if she said it. Because it's just like, she plays everything it. on Janet's face says, oh, that, that guy is dead. Yeah, she actually, she actually plays it by actually giving Aaron a shush, yeah. right? She's, yeah. she's calming her daughter. And in calming her daughter, she's communicating to the audience, I got this. That's exactly right. Yeah. Don't worry. I mean, about that's this. an amazing thing for someone to pull off and with like a shush. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just this long, calm, yeah. sort of um, decision has been made. Shh, yeah. And then we just go to black. It's yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. He's supposed to be in a mental institution and he doesn't know what he's saying. It's okay. And then pick up that next episode with him having this uh, sort of stream of consciousness, you know, beautifully written, what is it, a three-page monologue. Yeah, yeah. Um, with him in the back of the cab. It was just, uh, I, the original, I will, I'll be voting for him uh, I know, that thing. I mean, yeah. the funny thing about that, um, the original version of the, was eight and a half minutes in the thing. I think what, what's finally in the episode is like five and a half minutes of that. So the speech was even longer. Um, I was saying this earlier when we were all sitting around here. Like, the funny thing is that teaser. We'd had that teaser idea that that had sort of been mine to just do him in the cab and just like to, to do some kind of like monologue to the cab. But we never talked about the content of it at all, and we'd kind of moved past it. Like, well, maybe it's kind of maybe it's a little too obtuse. Maybe it's just like already we know something needs to happen because we're in the middle of a thriller, and we'd come back to a, a, a bunch of other ideas, and one of them we were going to do. Uh, a flash forward to the mega store where he and Wendy end up and and catch up to it, and so but we'd moved off the idea of that teaser for a while, hmm. like weeks. And Mickey Johnson, who wrote it, Mickey came in with the first draft. She's like, I tried. I kind of went back to that old idea of ours again. No content we'd ever talked about. Like, kind of went back to that old idea, and I wrote something. Just see if you like it, and if not, we'll do something else. And it was that well written and Tom was that good in it. It was Mm -hmm. just, I can't even imagine. It's like such a huge part of like everything we've ever done in a way, you know, it's, 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 it is a real high wire act that, that, uh, yeah, Mickey and he just pull off beautifully. And then the way Alec decided to shoot it too. And, and the way did, who edited that episode? Was it Vicks? That was Vicks. Yeah. Yeah. It's obviously, it's a bunch of disjointed thoughts in the script. Uh, but then the way in which, you know, Tom finds his way to kind of find each one of these, these thoughts and bridge them with thinking before speaking. And then editorially, how these are all sort of woven and braided together. It's it's just, just, it's like heartbreaking and hopefully plays his mental illness as very real and very heartbreaking and not in any way for, you know, Exploitation or yeah, anything. He's exactly. just, that's a better way of, he's yeah, sincerely way of it. unhinged and um, his circumstances are, you know, not good for a guy who doesn't have firm footing. Right. Yeah. And we have Nate, our transpo guy, as the cab driver. So we get to see <laughs> Nate's ear a lot. Was that Nate? That was Nate. Oh, my God. <laughs> in my warm bed, roof over my head. Food in the fridge. Fridge in the first place. I'll wake up. I'll just start thinking about the guy by the gun store lives in tarp. 
and the city just keeps fucking with him. And he's just a guy. He's just a guy. He's just a guy. The last time that uh, Ben and Ruth see each other uh, is a, the conversation there at the casino where uh, Marty is trying to hustle Ben out of there because he sees that that Nelson is 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 on his tail and has has entered the the casino on the first floor, and uh, they have this this great final scene that obviously the audience doesn't know that it's the final scene but you know on a second viewing you do kind of appreciate this the way Alec kind of shot it and the way they performed it where there's this kind of goodbye moment there uh I remember it was complicated to shoot that day that sequence to try to bridge the entrances and the exits of uh I have a scene with Sam down in my office and and you're looking looking at at the the monitors he comes in the front and then she's got to intercept him and then take him upstairs and I come out and yet we've all have to get upstairs without Nelson seeing and then I have to like start a phone call uh, with with Wendy that that can be halfway through by the time we get down the stairs. Yeah, I mean, there was a bunch it's a of a lot sort of, of geometry. Yeah, yeah, collapsing of time and space that that was that's a really interesting part of the process. And you know, I won't bore the audience getting into the weeds of, you know, when you guys write something and then on set we've got to try to figure out a way to kind of, like it's just <laughs> it's, it's really it's, easy it's to type a, it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it, it. But you guys do it in a way where like, well, that's that's their part of the process. Like, go for it. And right. and, yeah, and totally. we sort of do what we need to do to kind of trim off a front or add a back to to kind of make it all stitch a little bit. Yeah. And then there's another process in the editing that makes it all come together too. And then music as well. To and that scene has time. to feel urgent, but it has to slow down in time for those two too. So it's yeah. like a high wire act for Alec directing that because it's like, when we t- went back and forth forever about even whether or not Ruth said, I love you, because he says, I love you. And and for a long time, I think even in the first two drafts, she didn't say anything. And finally, I was like, I think we're just chickening out. Like we like, she needs to say it. But that whole scene has to be like, oh, you're about to die. You've already rushed off. You know Nelson's coming up to the floor, and yet you still have to have the time and space to have that scene mm-hmm. yeah. uh, without them seeming stupid for not, you know, not running away. Yeah. That's, that's hard. I love you. I didn't mean to hurt you or do anything stupid. Ben, you cannot be here. Everything's fine. No, no, everything is not fine. Nelson is downstairs. Come on, you got to come with me. Come on. Just go with him. Do what the fuck he tells you. I love you too. And then I get to do a bitch and pull out in the boat. That do you know that I, I a pull it. out in the boat boat makes me so happy. I loved it so we much. We even extended it. It's so funny. We're <laughs> at, at one point in the editing room. Uh, when I was in there with Vix yeah. uh, at a different time, and we're like, "Well, you were in there or giving notes." I, I was just like, "Can we just have like seven more seconds of the pullout?" <laughs> and, and, and he's like, "He's like, that's what I was thinking because it's like going around the corner." Yeah, yeah, it's like all in real time, and you're going fast. Uh, I love doing it. I don't know where I spent a little bit of time on a river with some friends of mine when I was I don't know eighteen or something because I had a boat trip with their their dads all the time and somehow learned how to pilot a, a, a boat which is a little sneaky tricky you know right, right. um anyway it's um, also it's like you know it. our show de- gets to do it's like there's not that many things that are individual to a particular show and right. like, like anytime we're on the lake i'm just like no one else is on the lake right so ben uh ben has a call great call with um with uh with helen on the on the phone uh at a, sort of like a rest stop on the side of the road uh he's there with with wendy and 
we got really lucky with the weather that day because it was it was kind of foggy and it was cloudy. Uh, it was just it's it just seemed. Uh, fraught. It was exactly the mood of the scene. It was so crazy. And it's funny. It was like we'd built that that was originally not going to be like quite the farmer's market. It was like they were just going to stop and they were going to like a soda machine or something. And and instead we built that. In fact, it's named after David Bomba, our production designer's uh, sister, the market itself. Mm. So everything just kind of was like perfect in its way. And that side of the highway where the people, cars just kept going by. So you felt all the activity, but they were alone and those like Clouds were low in there. It yeah. was. Um, yeah, they have such a great combination, those two, Tom and Laura, their their chemistry. And I remember when we were first looking at Tom to play that part. I remember us thinking about the age difference between the two of yeah. them, um, because we do reference. I think at some point we talk about uh, you know them having grown up in the same house together. It's and, supposed and to it, only be three years on the page. Yeah, and, and, and it's not uh, the yeah, reality. But, but you don't think about it. You just never think about it. I was worried when we were first going to cast him. The only thing I thought he was so good, I was worried about, do they look like they're going to be brother and sister? He's got this dark hair and she's got this blonde hair. And then I finally thought to myself like, oh, like you can count on me, Laura and Mark Ruffalo like had the exact oh, same right. thing. And one day on set, I was I said to Laura, I said, you know, for a minute, I was worried about you guys you know, with his, his dark hair and you have blonde hair. And without missing a beat, before I even said anything, she just goes, you can count on me. And I was, <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. So we, you know. Didn't we that, try? I think best we actor did, wins. I think we tried to gray his temples. We did uh, a little. We did beginning. just a little, like and a little, it, little bit. Yeah. yeah. Then we just said, screw it after yeah. a few episodes, right? Yeah. 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 Everyone, will, everyone will just be bought it. They're both so good. Everyone's yeah. just going to buy it. Yeah. I want you to know that I never meant to hurt your kid. But the hospital is a very bad place for me. It's okay. It's good. I understand. Where are you? I can come and get you, and we can sort this out. Huh? Who are you talking to? Helen. What the fuck is wrong with you? The sequence there where Wendy and uh, Ben are having their their meal together at the restaurant, and while we, the audience, don't yet know that she has made the call for him to die that night, um, we get the sense that she is she's handling quite a bit and going yeah. through something there. And what was the thinking in the room about what you wanted to load that scene with, and then cross cut with uh, the stuff that's coming? Yeah, up? I mean, I think this is this whole episode. I think it might be the best episode we've ever done, but I, I definitely think no matter what, it's going to be the saddest. In, yeah. in the run of the show, I think this will be the saddest episode we yeah, ever do. I remember do. crying like a baby at the oh, end the, when I, I first the, read it. When I, and yeah, and I remember the first time I watched it in the editing room, like I was just like in tears when mm-hmm. and, when when it was over. And in in the writers' room, you know, we we break everything together, and then someone goes off and does an outline, and then we give notes, and then they come back with a script, and then they they do notes, and. Uh, we talked a lot about the moment when, when Wendy starts asking him about the future and what what it looks like, because there was a real divide in the room. And you know, we argue like we all like we all get along really well, but we'll argue about stuff because that's you're supposed to. But there was a real argument about like whether or not that was cruel somehow on her part, and whether or not you could ever um, forgive her in some way for asking that. But like, I just felt like, and then I ended up writing ten, so. I reference <laughs> so I reference right. it in ten because she feels she, somewhat guilty for asking. She felt guilty if I like and doesn't even understand why she did it, um, and that was part in response to the fights we had in the writers' room, but also just because I think 
it's like partly almost like a torture of herself. Like she needs to, like she's doing this terrible thing and she wants to glimpse it for one second, like what he's good, what, what it would be. And maybe it's a way to punish herself because look what she's taking away. I, I don't think she totally understands it. Or I if just, he doesn't have a good plan, she could feel better about killing yeah, him. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but it's this like, it's, 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 it's one of the most heartbreaking things to me. And also it's like when, he says, like, no, you're like, you know, yachts and fundraisers or the, the, the line in it. And uh, she's like, that sounds terrible. And it's just a little bit of like who she was and who she's become and this decision she's made, even though we don't know it, to to carry on in this in this thing. Like, to me, it's just so it's all so crushing. And then and then the sequence goes on and starting our, our composers were so good. They created like kind of a, a Ben piece that would then gets picked up in episode 10 a lot too. Uh, and it really kind of comes in and you start to realize like the weight of it. And there's just this cello in there that's like really deep. And it goes over the traffic and you're just, it's just the saddest thing. Like yeah. every piece of it is just the saddest thing. Yeah. You know, um, it's just so, it's so well done. And they're both so they both do their jobs so well because obviously Tom's not playing Ben's end because he doesn't know it's the end. Yeah. And Laura does and, and, and you just feel it at every point. I'm, I'm so impressed with both of them. It's easy. Ruth. Dogs. House. Garden. Job. <laughs> not by goats, but... I feel like that's more eight to ten years. Sounds nice. Yeah. And then it's now what, right? Then it's the, the final episode, the fallout from all of it. I think in the last episode we we approached Jonah as like Jonah's been the one person that he's never really questioned exactly what they're doing. It's just kind of like, oh, we live in the Ozarks now? Okay, oh, great, I'll get into animals. Oh, we're laundering money now? Oh, good, I'll get into la money laundering. I'm I'm smart, I can adapt. Um, and we've watched Charlotte push back on all, all of the stuff. And, 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 but Jonah's absorbed a lot of loss. I mean, he, he, obviously their move, then he lost Buddy, who was his closest friend. And now Ben in our mind in the writer's room was, it was intentional that he lived in Buddy's room and that the in the first episode where he, he lives there, he skinny dips like Buddy did as a way to kind of get Jonah to accept him because it's like he's taking on a role in, in, in Jonah's life and losing that. We'd never pushed Jonah past the brink. And it was really important that, like, we mess him up hmm. because none of this stuff is normal. I think in the idea of him shooting the window was... Um, Partly that he had just had to shoot something and partly that um, he wanted to destroy the facade of like this being like happy or normal, you know, and and the second Helen starts telling him some of the truths, you don't want to believe it. But when you hear truth, part of you believes you just know it, even if you don't accept it for a little while. And you knew he know he knew it. And so um, he needed to smash up what his parents had built in in any in any way he could you know um 
and he needed that you know he needed a physical act because otherwise it would just would have it, he would have torn himself up I think you need to stop talking okay, it's a, uh, you're a smart kid you really are but you know that your mom did this and that's why you want me to stop talking and Skyler as an actor you know we were talking about before he's like grown up so much just in a little bit of time i mean you and i are exactly the same like you know but skyler's like a whole different being yeah. and and it was already a great actor but just keeps getting better and better and you can just hand him more and it just felt like he was ready to take on this the end right yeah i'm I'm really used to listen to you talk like that i was just excited to see where you land the plane with him uh yeah you know. he's very integral into what's coming in for cool the the end of the episode, the end of the season, uh, we find Marty and Wendy in Mexico with Navarro, and uh, they get out of the car with Helen and Nelson, and uh, they think they're there for the for the the, the new baptism, um, and uh, Helen gets her head blown off, and. They are embraced by Navarro, who uh, is not affected by it, uh, obviously implying that this was the plan and he has got further plans um, that involve them greatly. And uh, I think he even says this is just the beginning or here we go. This is the beginning, yeah. Uh, Yeah, and then, uh, you know, go cue black, cue song, um, you know, cue credits. Uh, It's like, well, here comes season four. So Was that one take? Well, did you guys do multiple takes? I wasn't there that day. We did. Uh, I don't think we. I don't think I, you did a I, lot. I did, think. I think it may have just been one. I think yeah. it was just one, like from watching dailies, yeah. which is crazy. I mean, right? Yeah, because we would have had to go and wash our hair and everything. Right. Yeah, I think we did just and do it, it was in just one. Like yeah. perfect special effects. Did a we great also job. had like we 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 had a song that we'd grown to love in there, which was a Kanye song, um, and Kanye had done. Our very first trailer ever was was Wolves, so it's like he'd already done something. Like we mm. used a Kanye song in the in the, and um, and he decided he's sort of on more religious now and did the violence of the show, kind of like losing the Snell's house. He's living with that family now. Uh, I think at the old Snell house. <laughs> the Snell yeah. house exactly. <laughs> he has the room off the porch, uh-huh. um, and so we we didn't have the song that we'd had in there for like every cut. At one point, it was kind of, we were kind of shocked, and. Um, Gabe Hilfer, our music supervisor, who's amazing, brought in a bunch of other stuff. And there was one that like worked like it was like I don't even think you ever heard this one. It's like there was like it was kind of fun and ironic almost this kind of old like '60s tune, but it almost worked too well. I and mean, it's like we need something like that's has power, you know, in it and like some force. And it's like kind of like the way that the Run the Jewels song we used in season one, episode three did. And he's like, well, they've got a new album coming out in March. Maybe we could get an early listen. And we had like one shot at one song. We listened to a bunch of things off the album, but really the song that we could have gotten that fit just perfect. It was better than the original. It was better than the Kanye song even, like for what we were doing. That was really cool. It was like, I felt so lucky because it even takes a pause right before it goes to black. When you're trying to get your bearings before it really kicks in, yeah, and it's sort of there's a speed ramp with the music yeah. with the sound as well, and you yeah. think, wait, is that a mistake? Yeah, no, because we're also in slow motion, I think, on picture as exactly. well, and and 
Yeah, it's uh, it, it's isn't it amazing when when music hits picture, uh, and it's like, oh god, we have it. Yeah. No, yeah, it was just yeah. like it was like I remember just like looking around me like I can't believe this just worked. Like I would I watched it over and over and over again. Yeah. It was like a little mini miracle. Thank you for coming. I I hope you had a pleasant journey. Today Today is our beginning. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Thank you for listening to the final episode of Postplay Ozark Season 3. Stay subscribed here, and we'll be back soon with a deep dive on a new series. Have a favorite show you want featured here? Tweet us at Netflix with hashtag Postplay and your favorite titles. The show is executive produced by Ray Voda and produced by Katherine Nyquist for Netflix. It's produced by Rachel King, Noah Eberhardt, and Matt Sav with editing by Daniel Karasimi for Pod People.